Welcome back to Point Blank. I'm Chantel Chen, joined alongside Akeem Haynes. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode where we are going to take you around the world of sports. If you haven't already, like the video, hit that subscribe button as well. Follow us on our social media channels. You'll see in the description below the ways that you can connect with us. This is, I believe, episode number 74, Akeem. Yes, ma'am. Uh, we are rolling right now. Before we get into everything, how have you been enjoying the NBA playoffs so far? Man, it's like when I don't think I've seen going, and we're going to talk about this in a little bit, but like the Kings, right? But not necessarily how they're playing, but like just the atmosphere of what it friggin' looks like there. Oh, they might be the loudest arena right now that I've seen in this first round. So honestly, all the games have been really good. They've been competitive for the most part across the board and some interesting storylines, Chantel, that we'll get into. But what about you? What's your first initial thoughts? And, you know, you are on topic because you're wearing an NBA jersey. Yeah, well, it's right? just a T-shirt. It's just the next one because we're playing today. So already ready. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, were you like you used to watch like the Kings when C-Web and Stojakovic were playing back yeah, then, right? Yeah, yeah. I yes. used to watch those guys, Doug Christie. Yeah, I mean, they had a solid team then, but man, you know, it, it would be interesting to see how that team does against this team. if they. Could oh, that do. team would school this team, but I'm just saying uh, like, in, in the sense of, oh, they, they definitely would, but in the sense of loud noise, mm -hmm. like still the exact same, they were the loudest, they were the loudest arena back then. Like yeah, the loudest yeah. in the NBA, and that hasn't changed. It's just been the fact that they haven't been good for a really long time, right? So it's like these fans have been waiting for it. So that's just that's just Sacktown, man. And I always said once they got good again, that was going to be a tough ass hell place to play. Yeah, and yeah. that's exactly what it is. And like the rivalry is really cool because it's just an hour away um mm -hmm. to oakland well now they play in san francisco or whatever but still like still an hour away so that is a great rivalry but it's nice to see sacramento back in it yeah i think the nba is back is is good when some of those older teams start to get good again i think it's better with them when they're playing but let's get into it chantel we got to talk about uh the bucks a team that you know we picked to go pretty far inside of here yeah, Giannis is out. You know, he 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 took a fall, tried to come back, but wasn't able to. And then the Miami, their experience, their coaching staff, Jimmy B, the rest of the squad took over. If Giannis doesn't play, Chantel, can they get it done without him? Okay, so here's the thing. Can they go far without him to the Eastern Conference Finals? No, I don't think they can. Because I think the East is a lot tougher than people really give it credit for. It's gotten a lot better. Also, they do have a lot of depth, though. They got Middleton. Uh, Holiday's been killing it. Arguably the second best player on the team all year long. Brooke Lopez was up for Defensive Player of the Year. He would have got my vote because I think Jaron Jackson Jr. missed too many games. But, uh, you know, mm -hmm. Triple J won the award. Bobby P, man, you can't count him out. I think Miami, though has been so inconsistent and the loss of Tyler Hero breaking his hand I think the Bucks still have a chance to get past Miami but Giannis x-rays came back they came back negative so there's a chance that he does play in this second game but I think if there's one team that they can get past it's Miami because this year Miami has probably been the most inconsistent team this year you don't know if they're good you don't know if they're bad sometimes they play really well sometimes Bam and Jimmy play really well sometimes they don't play good perimeter defense sometimes they're not hitting threes but missing Tyler Hero Dude, that is a big piece for Miami to not have. So I think the Bucks can get past Miami because they have the depth. 
And I think Giannis does come back. I don't think that injury is as serious, but let's see what happens for game two if he is going to play. But if Giannis isn't healthy throughout the whole thing, no, there's no way they're going to go to the NBA Finals. What about you, Akeem? What are your thoughts on all of this? Yeah, all, all great points, Chantel. And I, and I hope that the back isn't a lingering thing because, man, I had an old football injury in the ninth grade that still affects me to this day. So hopefully he's able to pay through it. You know, I don't think the Bucks can beat the Heat if Jimmy B is playing like that and the rest of the team is supporting yeah. him and playing as well as they do. Because I'm a firm believer, especially in times like this in playoffs, in these high-pressure situations, man, you could be the better team on paper, but that doesn't mean you have the most heart. And sometimes in moments like this, the heart and the will can actually outdo the skill. And so I think the Bucks are the more complete team, absolutely. But, you know, when you take away a Giannis, they become a bit more of a jump shot, jump shooting team. And, you know, can they make all the threes? Yeah, they, they have some really good shooters on that squad. Yeah. And so I think it comes down to, man, is Jimmy B going to be able to play like this every single game? Maybe. Maybe he could. You know, he shows that he can play at a high level. But, you know, I think I think it's going to come down to that supporting cast. I know they lost yeah. Hero, but, you know, they also have a guy who was pretty – consistently good in the couple years ago when Duncan Robinson, I don't know what happened to him, but if he can step up like that too, I think that'd make a big of a difference. So uh, I'm going to go with the Bucks still being able to take the heat down. Maybe it's a little bit more closer than they would like it to be, but I do think that they are the better team, but man, that Miami Heat team, Eric Spolcher, they got a lot of heart and a lot of will. And sometimes that is enough to extend the series. But um, again, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm taking the Bucks to beat Miami. Yeah. Would love to know your thoughts. Who do you think is going to win that series? Can the Bucks get it done without Giannis? Let us know in the comment section below. Let's go to the Memphis Grizzlies. And the Lakers, Chantel. John Morant, uh, we, you just told me off air that it came, his results came back negative. But he could miss game two. Yeah. Right? He's kind of the heart and beat of that team in a way, right? You know, Lakers, you know, the fact that they've been able to do what they've been able to do in the second half of the season compared to how they started. Man, they're a dangerous team when they get in that playoff, Chantel. Can they upset this young, energetic Memphis Grizzly team? I think they can. I really think they can. They played really well in that first game. The bench really stepped up. You had guys like Austin Reeves and Hachimura combining for over 50 points. Can they do that every night? I don't think so. The main reason why I think the Lakers can get past Memphis is because all they all the moves that they made before the trade deadline passed mm -hmm. was solid. Yeah, yeah. They got some really good pieces because we know that D'Angelo Russell can shoot the ball. Vanderbilt gives them depth as a rim protector and a big man. And also, when you're taking a look at the fact that when AD is playing lights out, they're hard to beat. He was all over the floor in that first game. And when he got hurt, I was worried before halftime. I was like, oh, my God, this dude is made yeah. of glass. Like, is he going to be okay? But he was killing it defensively, blocking shots on everybody. When Anthony Davis is playing like that, he is top five in the league easy. He's hitting shots and he's hard to stop. Then, of course, you got LeBron, right? One of the greatest players to ever play the game. We know what he's going to bring to the table. So I think the Lakers have a really good chance, but it depends on Anthony Davis and his health. If Anthony Davis isn't healthy, this Lakers team is not going to upset Memphis and this Lakers team is not going to go far. But 
if Anthony Davis is healthy and this Lakers team plays like how they did in game one, they're going to be a problem, dude. I yeah. think they're going to maybe upset a few teams, possibly, if they can play to that standard. Because if Anthony Davis, once again, is playing at an elite high level and isn't injured and he falls down about five times a game, but say he falls down, doesn't hurt himself, they're going to be crazy, crazy dangerous. What about you, Akeem? What are your thoughts on all this? Yeah, that's one of the things that we said about the Lakers, right, is they have so much experience from being there and the players that they have. If they can get in, it's a team that you're just like, man, you know, they could do something. And if yeah. AD is getting 20, how much boards did he have last game? Like 19 or something like that? It's 17? ridiculous, yeah. Light yes. work for him too, light work. Because yeah. I think AD could get like 30 and 25 if he wanted to. Let's keep it real. Yeah, we expect AD to score points, but – you know, there are also seasons where he's getting like 27 points, but he's getting like nine and a half boards. I'm like, yo, what are you doing? Yo, just get, that easy, get that easy double double. Yo, when you're seven foot one, the, 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 the goalpost changes for you. When you can shoot and spin move like Joel Embiid can, the goalpost changes for you. And I think you hit a spot on, Chantel, and you've said this a bunch of times on the show the Lakers will go as far as Anthony Davis kind of takes them. He has to be the one to be consistent and not fall off any game and take advantage of the fact that Steven Adams is not there, right? So yeah. they are a little bit vulnerable in that in the offensive board and the defensive part of it. So for me, the other part is Lakers is a little bit older. So can they be energetic towards the last seven minutes of each quarter? Right. Whereas this young Memphis team, man, they're young, they're conditioned very well. They can, they're streaky, they're confident. And so they have to find a way to use that to their advantage as well, too. Don't play a slow game against the Lakers. Make LeBron feel like 38. Run the ball. You now I'm saying get fast taste, fast tempo, and keep things moving. But if the Grizzlies allow the Lakers to stay in the game and to creep in the game and to get a lead, to get a confidence, I think it's going to be a long night for them, Chantel. And so I don't think the Grizzlies are going to beat the Lakers. Um, yeah. I think the Lakers are going to find a way to sneak by. Maybe it's a series where it's like 4-3, right? Or maybe it's a series where it's like 4-2. So it's going to be interesting, Chantel. But, man, I I, I, I like the Lakers. Um, do you like the Lakers or you think the Grizzlies? I like the Lakers to upset Memphis in this series, but – I think John Morant is such an important piece to Memphis. They do play pretty well without him. This year, though, they've been 11 and 10. That's yeah. not the best record without John Morant, right? My whole thing about it, though, is, is if the Lakers, it this depends on AD, man. Like, I keep on saying this. It depends on how well that he plays. But if they also get LeBron playing like how he has been, like to end off, you know, I know he was out for a little bit, but LeBron can turn it on. And so I think they could possibly make a run. And I know that sounds crazy, but they made so many good changes before the offseason. They have a lot more depth than people think. But yeah. point blank, would love to know who you're rolling with. Are you going to take the Lakers over Memphis? Or are you still sticking with the Memphis Grizzlies? Let us know. Drop some comments below. You'll see in the description as well the ways that you can connect with us on our social media channels. All right. We're going to move over from one LA team to another. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, he's been killing it as of late, Akeem. Is he the best player that entered the playoffs and in game one dropped 38 on the Suns? What are your thoughts on Kawhi and how he's been balling? The one thing I like about Kawhi is the man just wants to play basketball, right? Like, I like that type of mentality, like the type of person, doesn't care about the glitz and the glamour. I just want to hoop. 
And it seems like this is the type of time where Kawhi likes to play basketball. I'm not saying he doesn't like to play basketball in the regular season, but can he play more games than he actually does? Oh, absolutely. You know, he just chooses not to, right? But is he the best? I think there's just so many good guys. And the thing for me is, can he score 38 every time? So I think he's going to have to. Paul George oh, without without PG, yeah. Yeah, PG isn't there. You know, Westbrook didn't have the greatest game, but you look at the stat line, you take away the points and you take away the bad shooting that, you know, was that game. You take he away everything. That's <laughs> the game in so many other ways, but he's going to have to do that every single game. And they needed to get a win from the Phoenix Suns at home. And so can they do it again tonight? I mean, man, I think this is a game where Kevin Durant needs, I'm not going to say should, he needs to say, you know what, look, I know he wants to fill up the stat sheet. I know he wants to be a team guy. I, I get that. I need you to score 45, 50 points, KD. <laughs> just come down, just get hot early, right? So I think Kawhi is going to need to be consistently play like this if the Clippers are going to get out of this round. Uh, is he the best player? He's one of them. He's one of them. NBA is so deep, but Man, if he can do this performance again, I think you really have to say, man, this guy might be one of the best playoff guys right now to play the game. So what about you, Chantel? What do you think? Uh, do you think that he will be able to sustain this type of play all the way throughout this series? I do. That's why they've been resting him all year long. That's why <laughs> in fantasy, right? I was so annoyed with Kawhi Leonard. But this is why they rested him so long. It's because they wanted him to hoop in the playoffs and play like how he has. He does it on both ends of the floor. You see how big those hands are, the claw, right? He's playing on defense, getting steals. He's averaging about one steal a game. But the way that he's been playing has been lights out. He's really stepped it up since PG has been gone. You talked about Westbrook. Listen, we don't expect Westbrook to go have like like this crazy offensive performance where he drops like 50 points. Like we don't expect that from him, but what he does is so many things that doesn't show up on the stat sheet. And what he did in that game was hit the biggest free throws in the game and then make the biggest defensive stop in the game. And Westbrook doesn't get enough credit for that. And I know this is not about him, but I just want to mention that even without PG, Kawhi Leonard has a guy that has won MVP before that has yeah. hit clutch buckets that he can also rely on. This Clippers team has so much depth. And when Kawhi Leonard is playing like that in the way that he has, I do believe he is the best player in the league when he plays like that, because we know how good Kawhi can be. At one point, we were talking about is Kawhi the best player? Is he better than LeBron? Remember, that was a conversation after he won the championship with Toronto back in 2019. It was a big conversation if he was better than LeBron. And then obviously, you know, the bubble happened and LeBron and AD won it in the bubble. And everyone's like, you better not ever say that Kawhi is better than LeBron again. People were mad about that. Yeah, the but, sports changes quick. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I think when healthy... There's nobody really better than Kawhi. He's not fancy. He gets you like a quiet 30. And you don't even know that he has like over 30 points because he's, he's not flashy. But I think if he plays like this and wants to get Paul George back, Clippers are going to be dangerous. Clippers are going to be real dangerous. I think they can take out the Suns in the first round because as you saw in that game, Akeem, when the Suns were struggling, the bench was nowhere to be found. Like there's no depth on that team. And so the main guy's got to do it. But to answer the question, this is not about the Suns, not about Westbrook. 
yes, I do believe entering the playoffs, the way Kawhi was playing, best player. And right now, he's up there for arguably the best player in the NBA when he's healthy. And I think that's definitely an argument that we could probably have. But I'm going to roll with the fact that he is. You think he's one of the best as well. Mm -hmm. Point blank, would love to know your thoughts. You think Kawhi Leonard is the best player right now in the playoffs? And was he entering the playoffs? Let us know. Drop some comments below. All right, we're going to move over. Stay in the we're gonna stay in Cali, okay? Because there's this crazy series that we were talking about a little bit earlier. Steph Curry and the Warriors down 0-2. It's the first time Steph's ever been down 0-2 in a playoff series. Can the Warriors come back? Yeah, I think so. However, they cannot lose a game at home, right? They have to at least win. If the Kings can win one, ooh, yeah, it, <laughs> it's over with, right? They need these two games because if their history is continuing to show over the season, then they're not a good uh, away team, but they're one of the best home teams. So if history is going to repeat itself, then you should be able to get these two games at home because these games have came down to the last five minutes and for it to be decided, obviously, you know, yesterday, you know, you know, Draymond stepping on cats. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I think Sabonis needs to take a little bit of that too, because he was kind of, you know, ankle locking that ankle. He must Yo, so be before you even get into that, I want to yeah. know your thoughts and what you thought about the Draymond thing. Man, Ace, Ace, Ace Sabonis' grip was kind of right. He must have been watching a little Kurt Angle back in the day, man. Look, the whole situation should tell. I've been in scrums in football where I get tackled and people pile on me and I can feel somebody twisting my ankle. Right. And I get up heated so I can understand what is going on. But for him to say uh, for Draymond to say, hey, man, you know, uh, I there wasn't any room for me to step. I, I could only man, you did that on purpose. It's that just, wasn't a stamp. That was a stomp. You just got caught. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, uh, you know man, I, I've been around some I've seen some stomping in front of me. That wasn't really a hard stomp, right? To me, that was just like a little light stomp right nah, there. Nah, man, you—he put his—he put his back into it, man. Uh, Go nah. look at the—he kind of put I his. I saw back it. Into it. I saw it. If he wanted to come and crack the rib, he could have done that. I'm not Yo, saying he, it was right, but yeah. whatever the situation was. But to me, I probably would have responded the same way. If someone's grabbing my ankle like that, maybe I wouldn't stomped on his ribs. I probably would have hemmed him up and picked him up and be like, "Yo, what are you doing?" So to me. I think, and, and, and Sabonis sold that quite a bit as well, too. I got to say that, in my opinion. I think he sold the heck out of that. But, yeah, you know, and I also think, man, like Draymond, he has that reputation, right? And I think he's feeding into that. You don't have to be the tough guy like that, man. The team needs you. You know what I'm saying? They, especially in this moment. So, playoff, you know, it's playoffs. Some, something like that is going to happen. But you got to mentally be able to stay composed in situations like this. Uh, Sabonis baited him, and Draymond took the bait. What What did you think about it? What were your thoughts when you saw it? Um, I've got to I got to disagree with you on that sense because yeah, like he grabbed his foot. Sabonis said, "Listen, man, I was trying to not get hurt. I grabbed his foot. He grabbed his foot. He knew what he was doing, right? He he knew what he was doing. But the way that I saw him stomp, like he could have, regardless if he thought, like, yo, I'm not gonna crack his rib." Or mm -hmm. I'm not going to break. He could have. 
he could have really, really hurt him by doing that. It's like, it is the same stuff that Draymond does, right? Kicks people in the balls in the playoffs, right? Uh, punches his teammate in the face, calls Kevin Durant the B word and the P word, right? And it's like, and then he does that. And you talk about him being like this, like tough guy. He's the fakest tough guy the NBA has ever seen. If this was the if this was the eighties or the nineties, and Draymond was playing against like Rashid Wallace, he'd be crying in a corner, like Charles Oakley. He would be crying tears. He would be crying. He would be crying tears, yo. And I just think that because like. He's fake. Like, he's just a fake tough guy. Like, he's just trying to be and have this demeanor. Like, Dennis Rodman wouldn't even have pulled that. Right? Like, that's not something that we would have seen. So, I was just like, yo, he should be suspended for that. I think that's – and the thing about it is that, like, it's a playoff game. Your team needs you. You guys play, like, trash on the road. And Mm -hmm. you're about to lose to Sacramento. So, I mean, Draymond's always doing this. It's not the first time um, that he's done something that stupid. But to do that and then be like, nah, you know, try to play off like he wasn't doing anything. I mean, come on, man. It was on camera. Like, when you take a look at the slow-mo pictures, it's like, dude, this isn't wrestling. Like, you know, like, what are you, what are you doing out there? Um, but getting back to the question, Steph and the Warriors down 0-2 against the Kings. Can they come back? Yeah, I think they can. Uh, I mean, it's not over till it's over. Even when, even if they lose at home one time and they can get one win, uh, they still have the opportunity to do it. But they're going to need to play close to perfect basketball, and they're going to need to be able to close out the show, something that they haven't been able to do in the recent two games. So I'm not counting them out. I think when you have State, Steph, and Clay, and Wiggins, and the coaching staff, and the history of these guys, I don't think you can count them out just yet. But if they lose a game at home, you become very weary of the possibility that the defending champions could be out. So uh, I think they're still in it, but man, they need to get these two wins at home. Otherwise, they're really in jeopardy of getting out in the first round. What about you, Chantel? What do you think about it? Do you think that it's over for them or do you think they can come back? No, they're going to come back. I think they win two at home. And that's because Golden State actually plays really well at home. They don't play well on the road, and they haven't all year long. The big question is, can they get it done in the road in games, you know, five and seven? And I don't know if they can. Like, Sacramento is a tough place to play, but if there's any team in the NBA that can do it and can flick on that switch that we've been waiting to do for them to do all year long, I think it's the Golden State Warriors. There were a lot of shots in that game, in game number two, where Steph missed, and I'm like, you know, I think – he probably would have made that shot in another game or something like that. So I think it's one of those situations. So I think the Golden State Warriors can come back. And if anything, Akeem, I think this could go to seven games. So point blank would love to know your thoughts. Do you think the Golden State Warriors, Steph Curry can come back being down 0-2 against the King? Drop some comments below. All right, we got to move on from the hardwood to the football field. Jalen Hurts signed the biggest deal ever in NFL history. Five-year, $225 million deal, $179 million guaranteed. What are your thoughts on this deal? Yeah, you know, I mean, I would love to look at the contract. I don't know if the contract's out there yet, but just to see what that entitles. I mean, if it's five years, man, then probably three years, you can probably renegotiate after that. But I mean, at the same time, I'm like, that's a great deal, considering that the man wasn't even a first round draft pick, right? So to me, man, 
shout out to him and his team for what they've been able to do and for what they've been able to accomplish. That's massive, and it still gives the Eagles wiggle room to make some different moves as well, too. But, man, beautiful deal. Happy for him. Uh, I'm all for the athletes getting as much money as they can, and if that's as much money as he could get, hey, good on him. Uh, He's deserving of it. What are your thoughts, Chantel? What do you think about it? Uh, yeah, I think he deserved that deal. When you take a look at everything Jalen Hurts has been through, shout out to everyone that said he wasn't going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Burn on you. Because I remember a lot of people talking a lot of smack about Jalen Hurts when the Eagles drafted him, saying that he couldn't be that guy. He goes, makes a Super Bowl appearance, has an MVP-esque like season, and he gets the money that he should get, $179 million guaranteed. So if he gets injured, he gets that. So I think it's a great deal, and Jalen Hurts – definitely deserved it because he worked his butt off. My question to you, Akeem, is how does this kind of affect a guy like Lamar Jackson now when he's trying to get his deal done? Oh, Chantel, you know, I've been thinking about this. I don't think Lamar is going to get the type of money that he wants. Deshaun Watson, $230 million guaranteed. The Browns basically sold out on Deshaun Watson. Even though Lamar is the former MVP Um, and he hasn't had a losing record since he became a starter, 45 and 16. With the exception of not being in a Super Bowl, you know, he's had more longevity of success than a Burrow and a Herbert and a Hertz. But for whatever reason, Chantel, injuries, that's the thing that they keep saying. I just, it's a strange deal. I don't think he is going to get that amount of money. Um, I think the question for me, Chantel, is like, what, how do him and the Ravens mend this and patch this up? Or is it unpatchable, right? Because it seems like that may be the team that is going to give him the most money. Uh, But can they patch it up? I don't know. I guess we'll see how it plays out. But I don't think he is going to get the amount of money that he believes that he is worth. What about you, Chantel? Do you think a team is going to come out and take that chance on him? Or do you think Ravens is probably the team that's going to give him the best bang for his buck? I feel like there's some collusion going on. Uh, There is a reason why Lamar Jackson is not really getting any play from any other teams. Yeah. Right. It's it's kind of weird. It's like, what is going on here? And when this comes out, Jalen Hurts get a, gets $179 million guaranteed. It tells you what the market is like. So the market where Deshaun Watson got over $200 million guaranteed, it looks like it's way lower now with this Jalen Hurts. So what does that mean for Lamar Jackson? He might get something similar than th- this, right? And I believe that, um, you know, in this deal – the crazy thing about it was he was going to get like 173 million guaranteed. So a little bit less than uh, Lamar Jackson. I mean, sorry, Jalen hurts. So for me, Lamar Jackson is, has an uphill battle. And yeah. from a, from what I understand is he can take it to the NFL PA and they can be like, okay, yeah, this is some, this is right. Like you're getting a deal that other people are getting. I want to see what happens when the other guys get a deal, when they go to negotiate to see what happens with Lamar Jackson. Can he patch things up with the Ravens? I don't know. I, I really don't know at this point because I'm sure Lamar Jackson is also kind of not very happy in the situation that he's in. And he only has so many options. And at this point, 
Do the Ravens want him back? Probably because when he's healthy, he's yeah. arguably the best player in the NFL. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> if mm-hmm. you don't think that you're being a hater. And I really do think that the Ravens should just wash their hands clean and, you know, maybe get some draft picks for Lamar Jackson, because if he does come back or if he is forced to come back, like, why would you want someone that necessarily doesn't want to be there after Mm -hmm. after all of this money issue happened and they're kind of playing him you know Deshaun Watson gets this uh Jalen Hurts gets that like is the NFL in on it is a collusion like it could be that and knowing the NFL you know they're (laughs) I wouldn't put it past them to do something like this so I think it does kind of affect Lamar Jackson in a sense that this is probably a deal he's going to be looking at and mm-hmm. it's not what he wants. He wants over 200 million guaranteed. And from that number, it seems pretty far off. So point blank would love to know if you think this Jalen Hurts deal has an impact on Lamar Jackson's. And you know what? If you think Lamar Jackson is going to be a Baltimore Raven when the season starts, uh, he's already sitting out, by the way. Uh, <laughs> not, right? he's hey, not- get your money, Lamar. Get your money, man. Whatever you yeah. think is best. Exactly, exactly. So he's already sitting out. And so who knows if we're... I'm going to see him in a Ravens jersey this year. If he's just going to be like, yo, I'm not going to play, get fined, whatever it is. And uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see, to be honest with you. You know, it's funny. Like I think about like other sports, right? Like like when you said him sitting out, I think about like if, you know, if if Usain Bolt was supposed to sit out for Puma, they'd be like, yo, we're just going to go pay this other guy, right? As great as Usain Bolt is, it's just different how other sports navigate through that whole situation. But Point Blank would love to know your thoughts. As Chantel said, let us know in the comment section below. Let's go over from the gridiron, the basketball court, and let's get to boxing, Chantel. Uh, A highly anticipated fight is happening this weekend. Um, I'm sure even if you're not a boxing guy or boxing woman, you probably heard about it at some point, talking about Gervonta Davis and Ryan Garcia stepping in the ring this weekend, Chantel. How do you see this one going, Chantel? I've gone back and forth on this fight quite a bit. Uh, Javante Tank Davis, 28-0, 26 of those wins by knockout. And then you got Ryan Garcia, 23-0, 19 of those wins coming by way of knockout. Both these guys are undefeated. Both of these guys are in their prime. They're fighting at a catch weight at 136 pounds, and there's no belts on the line. But this is like the super fight of this year. And it's crazy because, you know, there's been a lot of talk and anticipation for this fight to happen for some time, and we're finally getting it. Hopefully nothing crazy happens in the next couple of days. I don't think it will. Uh, But knowing boxing, sometimes you never know. Who am I going to go for in this fight? Like I mentioned, Akeem, I've been going back and forth, and I think the easiest thing to say would be Tank. I think a lot of people are taking Tank by knockout. But I actually think Ryan Garcia has a chance in this fight. When we take a look at their resumes – actually you know tank he he has the better resume i mean he has gamboa which i think that was his like first like big fight at the time uh mario barrios who was a champ at 140 leo santa cruz that he tucked in for a nap that was one of the coldest (laughs) knockouts i have ever seen leo santa cruz though was fighting at 130 naturally he fought at like 126 right that was like his second fight at 130 Isaac cruz tank beat him with one hand Right. He mm-hmm. injured his hand. Roley, he beat. And then Hector Luis Garcia. I do want to mention, though, that in uh, the Leo Santa Cruz fight, uh, also the Isaac Cruz fight for a bit, Roley and Hector Luis Garcia on the scorecards, I had them up over Tank. 
And Tank does start off slow. He's not a fast starter. As for Ryan Garcia, everyone questions his chin because he got dropped by Luke Campbell in the second round of their fight. And everyone's like, oh, you know, does Ryan have a chin? But he also got up from that fight off the canvas and ended up TKOing Luke Campbell in the seventh round. So I think there has to be something sad about having a mentality where you don't give up and then you end up going to win that fight. Like that is, that's G. Um, he also fought Emmanuel Tego. Um, Joe Goosen was his trainer. That was his first fight under him. And that was a fight where we thought Ryan Garcia would get the knockout, but he didn't. But he went the distance, but he did have a new trainer. And then Javier Fortuna, who was a former champ at uh, 130 as well. And he dropped Fortuna in the round Rounds four, five, and six ended up TKOing him in the sixth. So based on their resumes, I'd give the edge to Tank, but I really think this is a true 50-50 fight. Um, as for Tank, listen, we know that he has the power. I think one of the things about Tank is he's so underrated when you talk about his skill. People don't talk about his skill enough because we know that he has devastating power, but he does have skill. He does have speed. Uh, he has better footwork than Ryan as well. And he's elusive and he's deceptive. Like he's going to reel you in and then end up landing some big shots on you. And we don't give him enough credit for his high IQ, but he does nasty uppercut and nasty lead hand. The con um, the cons for this fight though, when I take a look at it, Akeem is He's never fought a guy like Ryan before or with Ryan's power because Ryan has power as well. So can he sustain power of a Ryan Garcia? Because he's never seen that type of power before. Like Leo Santa Cruz don't got that type of power. Isaac Cruz do, does, but I think Ryan Garcia has more power than him as well. And at the same time, like we got to go back to like this hydration clause thing, right? Um, you know, so Ryan can't gain more than like 10 pounds. And he Tank fought at 140 before, but for this fight, they wanted to fight at a catch weight at 136. So just keep that in mind. Um, as for Ryan Garcia, like we know that he has a nasty left hook. If you watched any of the pressers, Tank was like, yo, the only thing that you have is a left hook. Um, but I don't think he has the best footwork. So I give that edge to Tank. He also has the speed advantage. I think both guys have speed, but I give the edge obviously to Ryan. Um, great body puncher. He's ridiculous with the liver shots. And when you're a southpaw, sometimes you might leave yourself open for those liver shots. And I think that's where he might be able to do damage on tank. But I've seen Ryan knock out dudes in different ways because he does have power. Like he has a nice jab, nice lead hand. Um, the one thing about him is defensively. That's the big question. Who are you going to give the edge to defensively? I give it to tank as well. Um, when I take a look at their attributes, I think tank checks off more boxes for me. I'm not saying Ryan doesn't have a chance because I really think this is a 50-50 fight. But I think Tank, he's got the power. Can he withstand Tank's power for that long? He's going to start off slow. Ryan will probably win a lot of the early rounds. But I think Ryan might get caught slipping because sometimes he like leaves his hand down um, and leaves his chin exposed. And I think Tank mm -hmm. is going to make him pay for that. And I don't know if he can recover from Tank's power. So I'm going to take Tank to win this one. Akeem, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a crazy upset in Ryan Wang. What about you? How you how you rolling with this one? Yeah, that's a lot of great points, Chantel. And there's a reason why we say it's a 50-50 fight, right? Is because you look at the makeup of both men, right? And they weigh each other out, right? Obviously, Ryan's taller. He's got the yeah, bigger reach. But, you know, Tank has fought other guys who have been 5'10", maybe not the same amount of power. I mean, look at Mario Barrios was that same physical comparison, 
But I would say, you know, Garcia is a little bit faster, a little bit more powerful than a Mario Barrios. But look at how well Mario Barrios uh, did against Keith one time Thurman. Even though Thurman pieced up Barrios, he couldn't get him out of there. And he did hurt Thurman to the body, right? So it's one of those things. And when we talk about the contract, and I, I'm, I'm glad you pointed that out, you know, to me, Chantel, in my experience in the professional world, yo, if you sign the contract, all the other stuff goes out the window. You didn't have to sign the contract. You signed the contract. And to me, if this was a street fight, I'm going tank all day, every day. <laughs> Easy money, right? Because there's just a different type of mentality when you come from that struggling lifestyle, man. I'm not saying Ryan doesn't come from that, but man, it's different. Right. But it's not a street fight. There are some things inside of the ring that when you're talking about a fight, you have to take into play. I agree with you when you said Ryan Garcia is probably going to steal the early rounds. I haven't seen a lot of fights where Tank comes in and starts fast. Yeah. Kind of just seeing how things are going to move. Like when he throws a feint, how are you dipping? When he level changes, what are you doing? When he steps, what are you doing? I don't agree with that. But at the same time, nobody really gives Vasily Lomachenko that same slack as well, too. They say the same thing. Oh, Vasily Lomachenko always downloading data. Well, why can't we say the same about Tank if that's how they fight? He does, though. He does download data. You know what I mean? He's in there yeah. like, figuring you out. So I agree with you on that. Yeah, and that's such a weird statement to me. I don't really like that statement, downloading data. These guys aren't computers. Um, but... I think Ryan Garcia steals the early rounds, right? I think he's going to be more aggressive in the early rounds. And so there are going to be moments when the pressure is going to be on. These guys are both going to meet in the center of the ring or for a little bit, and they're going to have to trade shots. Roley was doing very well, and I would argue better than any of us thought that he was doing. But he got a little bit overconfident, overcommitted, and caught himself mm -hmm. on the ropes with the left counter by Tank, and it was over with. And I could see something similar like that happen, happening to Ryan Garcia if he is going in. You know, guys and women make this prediction, well, I'm going to take you out in four rounds. I don't even know why you say that. Because I hate I hate when they do, when they guarantee a knockout. Like it, you know what I mean? Never really happens. The only person that I would actually listen to if they said that would be Mike Tyson and Deontay Wilder. Because nine times out of ten, those guys, hey, they mean it. But... I, if he goes in and if he just thinks he's going to be able to just walk over Tank and drops his hands because you just said he had a tendency to do that, man, he could get clipped. The moment, the pay-per-view moment, the 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 under the limelights. Yes, Ryan Garcia sells tickets and he does very well. But Tank has been in these moments over and over and over again. And that's something to keep into mind. And I think Tank is the all-around complete fighter. I think there is more holes in Ryan Garcia than there is in Tank. But at the same time, from a physical standpoint, if Ryan Garcia fights his fight, there's a good chance. And I said it um, in another video, man, we, we could see Tank get dropped for the first time. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it's a possibility. I think it would surprise a lot of people. But in that in that all access video Chantel you talked about uh the left hand tank says all he got is the left hand yeah you're right he might only need the left hand to make yeah. it happen right so i think it's going to be my prediction part i think it i'm rolling with tank by late stoppage right because i think at the beginning these guys are going to respect each other right they're not going to go in 
overly emotional. Tank never really goes in overly emotional. But, you know, maybe Ryan might. Maybe he won't. Maybe Tank will. Maybe they won't. But I think at the beginning, it's going to be Ryan Garcia winning the early rounds, kind of controlling a little bit. But I think Tank starts to make the adjustments in the middle round and some of the shots that mm -hmm. he wasn't able to land in the beginning starts to get a little bit closer and closer. And I think just for a split second, Ryan Garcia lets his guard down and Tank connects. But I'm not ruling out that he can get back up. I'm not ruling out he can't finish the fight. Yeah. But at the same time, man, you know, I don't know too many people who can consistently take Tank's shot. Just like <laughs> there's not a lot of people that can consistently take Ryan Garcia's shots. But, man, it's hard not to think with the level of opposition that tank has fought and the mentality that he has and we've seen tank get popped in the chin and and and, and not go down you know i think he's got a better chin i think he's got a better chin than ryan garcia so it's going to answer a lot of questions chantelle it's going to answer uh the mental fortitude and toughness and both these guys are talented and skilled but what will the will look like and i think mm -hmm. this is going to be one of those fights man where if you get dropped you're going to have to will yourself to get back up and finish the fight but I'm going with Tank to win by a late stoppage, um, but I think Garcia wins first, maybe first four to five rounds, right? And it's close, but I think he's going to be up on the cards, and then I think uh, it, it, it doesn't go his way. Point blank would love to know your thoughts. Let us know who you have winning. Let us know in the comment section below. Before we close out, this show, Chantel, uh, word of the week is a very important word because it can go either way. And it's a word that, you know, I resonate with, invaluable. When you hear the word invaluable, Chantel, what comes to mind? Something that isn't necessary in your life. That's what I think invaluable means. I think what we have in maybe our small space or things that we do in our daily life, those things might be valuable to us, but sometimes there might be something that you don't necessarily need in your life. And those are the things that you need to probably cut out of your life because it might not be the best for you mentally, might not be the best for you physically, whatever it may be. But I think everyone kind of has something that's invaluable in their life where they can be like, you know what, if I wasn't with this, if I didn't have this, I could be okay. It's something that you don't necessarily need in your li daily life every day. And sometimes invaluable things also can hold us back. So you always want to get rid of anything that doesn't feed you. What about you, Akeem? What does that mean to you? It makes me think of like lessons, you know, the invaluable lessons you learn directly or indirectly. You know, it's like... <laughs> It's like when you touch the stove and your hand gets burnt, right? You're just like, yeah, I'm probably not going to do that again. And so I think there are things that we learn along our journey, whether we see someone doing it or we experience it. And then once we experience those things, then we have a decision to make on how we're going to navigate through this for the rest of our lives, right? So I just think about the lessons that you could not learn any other way by going through it and experiencing it. You know, so for me, some of the most important lessons that I've learned have came from experience and environments that I would never wish on anybody else and would never go back to. But those are moments that are invaluable to me because it left a lasting imprint on me, my mind, and the memories that I take and the new ones that I'm trying to create. So every lesson is invaluable. You just got to take the right ones that speak the most to you. So it makes me think about the lessons 
Uh, it makes you think about the things you don't need in your life. Yeah. Point blank would love to know your thoughts. When you hear the word invaluable, what comes to mind? Let us know in the comment section below. Before we get out of here, just want to thank everybody for that continues to tune into the show. If you are listening to the audio side of things, head to chartable.com or Apple Podcasts or even Spotify. You can leave us a rating and review of the show. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know if you're enjoying the show. Even if you don't like the show, let us know how we can get better with yeah. the show. Let us know there. And of course, definitely subscribe to our YouTube channel. You know, we're over there majority of the time. So with all that being said, Chantel, episode 74 is done. I'm Akeem Haynes. I'm Chantel Chance. And this is Point blank. And we'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.